voiceover. So in post-production, they do voiceovers when when things are hard to explain. Or is there Billy Wilder pictures? Building that looks kind of collapsible. I'm a Blade Runner. I'm Jeff Goldblum, and I'm a, uh, I'm a Blade Runner. <laughs> the name is Tech Card. Transylvania. Okay, so Danny's crying in bed, and Danny wants his mama. That's pretty much what this is all about. And how old is Danny, and how old is Jeff as a father? Um, Danny looks to be six, maybe. Or yeah. I think six, I would say. And he's he's in his thirties. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, yeah. He's right. in his early 30s, like three, 33, something like that. Gotcha. He's, he's calling the uh, ex-wife right now, or separated. They're not ex, but. Oh, so boy. basically what's going on here is this Lagrange says, I am going to do this movie. It's not what I usually do, but you got to give me some product that I could sell, you know? So they go see the short. Lagrange is like, blech. Um, <laughs> and. Jeff Goldblum's like, I'm not sure I want to do this. I don't think I do want to do it. So charge him a lot of money. The agent says, okay. And basically, they're trying to talk Jeff Goldblum into, into you know, writing this film. And that's right. where we're at. Now, he resists. Wasn't there, um, I just saw, oh, it was, uh, the, the, it was John Cusack and Samuel Jackson in a Stephen King thriller about a hotel room. And it was called 1408. Uh-huh. And it was about a guy who wrote, like, Scariest Places books. And right. someone came up to him Haunted. and said, hey, can you sign your novel? He's like, ah, that's from a different person, kid. Yeah, not this week. That guy was a long, long time ago. Get on the mic, Pete Goldie. I got Pete Goldie in the studio, Carl. Okay. <sighs> Whoa. Yeah. How does this radio work? Watch out for that wacky <laughs> chair. Uh, we're watching, uh, yeah, put on those headphones. Carl from New Jersey is on the line. Uh, from Jersey. I, yeah. I, I've known Pete Goldie for a while, and he's a good Samaritan neighbor. Uh, came by with some good water for station. Yeah, it's just to promote my own radio station. Where's, uh, where's What's the up knob? Oh, it's over there, that box there. The the little tiny box on the table. By the Plenty horn, of room by the hunker. FM internet You see dial. that? Yeah, there you go. All right, so we're also watching a movie concurrently. Okay, so now she's going home. And he's, it's basically to show, like, all's not well. We've got trouble. Like, Danny wants mom. Danny kind of doesn't want dad. So that's what we're setting up here. He's talking in his sleep. Is that fucking American out of the house yet or what? <laughs> you should hear his French. It's so bad. He's like, je ne sais pas. Jeff Goldblum? Je ne sais pas. Look, he's got his, what kind of car is that? Volvo? BMW. Nice. Oh, well, then that, that's not so French. Hey, hey. You sure not sleeping? So he's a rich Parisian American screenwriter. Yes, he is. Okay, so what's happening right now is the director showing us, uh, you know, that the son is rejecting the dad. He's like, are you sure you don't want to stay home from school? You didn't sleep well. We could go out and, you know, have some fun, play hooky. And he's like, no, thanks. Uh, <laughs> out of the car. Thank you, director. Hurt his feelings. This is a nice place. There's no computers or television sets. It's just lamps. He'll write on a typewriter. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, he's twisted. He has a twisted obsession. People with twisted obsessions no. use typewriters. It's 88 they're shooting. <laughs> yeah, he would have had an electronic word processor like me. So now we're hearing um, Lagrange on the, the the producer on the answering machine going, I hate your agent. She is a jerk. Forget it. I'm not doing this field. Then we yeah. hear the agent come on by the answer machine. Producer aren't exactly seeing eye to eye. There's Don't worry, Malcolm. I'll sort it out. Uh, we'll see each other at three at my place. Okay. He's fucking so he's twisted. The agents say, "What's going on? We're doing this film or what?" If this movie was shot two years later, it would be a fax machine. <laughs> In a beeper. Right. <laughs> Maybe not a beeper. Yeah, I guess a beeper. Uh, did you? Don't you mean pager? Beeper pager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How, how old are you? Me? Yeah. <laughs> I collect Social Security. His name is okay, Pete Oldie. So you certainly remember fax machines and page. Okay, okay. Yeah, no worries. Man. No one under the age of 50 in this show. Perfect. Guarantee. We just want to watch Young Smut. We all got our ARP, ARAT card and said, what the hell? I don't yeah. I'm not old enough for this. It's like you are now a member. I don't remember this. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> Don't oh, yeah, they, tell me. They keep mailing me that stuff and I just throw it away. So what we learn now is Lagrange, who was so mad and had a big problem, all of a sudden he calls up, he does a whole 180, and he's like, okay, I'll do the film, I'll give you all the money you want, I'll hire Jeff Goldblum. So that's the mystery. What changed his mind? Oh, it's no mystery what changed his mind. <laughs> what do you think it was? <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen this movie four or five times. I mean, and I, have oh, okay. I have this fucking well, screenplay in Spanish, man. Hey, if, As a viewer, we don't know that Jenny... <clears throat> yeah. I don't want to make a funny joke because you get offended easy. No, no, no. It's all right. Jenny I won't listen. A... <laughs> a whore? But we don't know that yet. Okay, here's our slimy... Uh, alleyway again. You oh, yeah. They got to gentrify that. The... This is 89. This is what it looked like back then. And I still wouldn't be able to walk down that, that street. You see that the sidewalk's too down? narrow. Yes, everything's too narrow. I'm going to get hit. I'm a fat American. <laughs> because I'm old, I'm still so talking about AARP. And uh, <laughs> have you ever been to their website? It's like the only website like has a, a right turn signal blinking on it. Oh, that's it's totally the worst. Their their dues are really low. It's like twenty four, twenty five dollars a year. Then they send you like printed matter in the mail. <laughs> oh, that, I like that. I like magazines and calendars. Maybe and, I should become an ARRP if ever. However, they give you enough uh, advertisement mail for you know things like twenty five dollar a month insurance and things like that that you can paper over any pet cage you have because you're old. So, you know, there's that. Between the magazine and the mailers for things you buy, lots and lots of paper. Okay, back to this Jeff Goldblum. He's not old well, at actually, all. Well, actually, is this the scene where they talk about gilding the lily? Okay, Malcolm. Uh, no, I've noted that for you, actually. All right, I'll good. I'll turn up the sound. Yeah, well, all right. Let me know when that scene comes. That's the only thing I care no, about. No, no, this is way in the beginning. And what's happening is Jeff Goldblum is extremely frustrated that this dummy 20-something director doesn't even have a premise. He says, I want some pages of coherent thought. I'm not writing this thing if you don't even have an idea. That's like a dream. On. Here we go. Oh, they, they come up it? with their title. The Dream of the Mad Monkey. 
Title. Hmm. Title in Spanish. What do we drink now? Mm-hmm. Jeff Blue Goldblum's um, uh, patronizing him. That sounds Did great. You I, I use your phone. Oh, yeah. Cuckoo. Calling it's calling the French cuckoo clock. It's Arsene uh, uh, Asylum. Is that Parisian rain we're hearing in the background? Oh, he's yeah, so, he's romantic. Uh, the way it, it drops on the glass ro- uh, ceilings, the rooftops. Well, that's very French, really. Okay, you should turn it up because it's funny. He goes, I'm here with, he gets the answering machine, but he goes, I'm here with, I, I won't ruin it. Brenda, isn't it? Hi, Meryl. It's uh, Danny Boy. Listen, I'm here with Norman Bates. <laughs> that was my joke. That's what been. Mara Beige? Uh, Norman, Norman Bates. Bates. Uh, Norman, Norman Bates. Bates. It's very Jeff Goldblum to say it that way. <laughs> yeah. It's last, Looney Bin. Last time I saw him in the movies on the phone, he was saying, "What's I? What's my mantra?" You ever see uh, Annie Hall? I think it's Annie Hall, where he's at a Woody Allen's at a Hollywood party and, and young Jeff Goldblum's uh-huh. like calling his, uh, met, calling to find out what his mantra is. He forgot. His I mantra. didn't know that was him. I sure do remember that, and it was Annie Hall. Of course, I need to see that again. What about um, Death Wish, where he was one of the thugs? <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> young Jeff Goldblum. I've got all these films that jumped out at me. Uh, to- tell you about but I ne- I didn't notice any of these mine are his big ones is she seducing him right now <clears throat> no with cigarettes yeah, French so cigarettes you're learning who Jenny is and you since you've seen the film yeah this is his twisted obsession oh so the American title refers to her and the international title uh, the British title refers to a mad monkey <laughs> but the, well, that's Spanish- the title of their film yeah yeah it is actually based on a novel, and I, I don't know if it's in English or not, uh, called The Dream of the Mad Monkey. Right. M- uh, Mono Loco Moon. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. But, uh, I, 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 but I think the, the title of the novel was in English. It might be an English novel. I have no idea. I never looked, up, I never <laughs> looked it up. It's French. Oh, it is French, so I'd have to speak the yeah. French. Oui, oui, monsieur. Okay, Pete, what okay, are we so listening basically, to? Oh, what? well, what's the name of my radio station? You are on um, BFF? No. <laughs> what's it called? Radio Valencia. No. FCC Free? No. <laughs> which, which internet station here? You left out Pirate Cat. Pirate Cat. Well, we were Pirate Cat. Now we're Mutiny Radio because <laughs> we took a mutiny on the pirate. Yeah, let's just call it Relodio. Relodio. You've seen that, haven't I put you? Uh, I, I have a special group now on, on, on the social, I fa- probably, social book. I probably automatically took myself out. Yeah, I put you in it because it's called Radio uh, Relodio Talent. 
Oh. Know, because you are definitely Relodio Talent. You're a part of the Relodio Talent group. In other words, you have material that you have done at one time or another has been contributed to material that's been played on Relodio. Oh, you, yeah, I have no you, idea. Like, you, do you, you have you, no idea. You get no money. You uh, do, you, do you know what you they have what no it was? extra was listeners? It a show, Peter. Uh, it was stuff recorded live at uh, the o- no, not the Odeon, the uh, Dark Room. Oh, how cool yeah, is that? Of yeah. course, yeah. The old movie theater, uh, the old theater, Carl, where we did Bad Movie Night, where we heckled movies for ten oh, years. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, you've talked about that many times. Yeah, not Pete's the one where I saw plays in, though. No, not not the payment one. And Pete, actually, uh, I don't know if you've, you co-host, but you've always been a, a force on that show by coming up with your megaphone. Uh, yes, with a, with the megaphone. I, I was one of the few people who took a bullhorn to a movie theater. Yeah. That was absolutely great. So, uh, Pete, and you actually have a good sense of humor and, and actually contribute to the movie. And so it's always great to hear you pull horns and <laughs> the audience go yeah, off. Sit in the back row and suddenly they're all like jumping up like there's a fire. Oh, cool. So Relodio is the station. Uh, I will definitely talk about it beforehand. And Carl and I would never do it, but maybe we could repurpose our here, stuff here at Mutiny and put it on your streaming service. Oh, this is the whole thing about Relodio. This is this is uh, what horrors we are. I'll actually, when I when I leave here, I'm going to go home and put Mutiny onto Relodio. And, you know, because I put all sorts of other stations on there. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, well, so, but, you know, because I'm not going to sit through this movie. It's it, Jeff Goldblum's in it. So yeah, no, this I? is the greatest movie. I, have, I love this movie. This is, that's wonderful. Maybe I'll, I'll take it in small bites over the course of my short life. No, you but, need to watch this movie and listen to this podcast at the same time. That's the only way you could do it. Let, okay. Let okay. us watch this full-length movie on YouTube with each other. That's what will happen. I'll go home and I'll put it on Relodio. And then everyone Relodio. will be hearing it there and they'll be going, wow, that's, Relodio's playing in interesting movie riff thing I should now. donate to Relodio for material from elsewhere exactly yeah so all right, it works so, so well all right, by the cool. way you saw the donation that Relodio made also to Muni Radio yes so we appreciate all the bottled water here lots of water summer day nobody knows where I get the water but but uh, it's a Sorry. well known Hatch, fact Hatchy. <laughs> all right, it's well, all the best stuff thanks thanks so much I'll keep yeah, talking yeah. for a little bit more but I just want to get my plug in before no I get too high to say it later you know all right fair enough thank well, you so much Pico Relodio is the thing Carl we're going to go back to the movie yep sorry Okay, let's turn off that uh, phone okay, of yours. So now he's met Jenny, okay. so he's calling up the answering machine again and saying, Agent, I changed your mind. I'll take this job. Do not call the producer and quit. All right. So did and he's... what we missed was the wife surprised okay. him, the ex-wife, by sleeping with him for some reason. So she's still in the neighborhood. Maybe, yeah, she maybe comes over because of Danny. Maybe it was the, the rain on the, the glass roofs of Paris that made her, drove her over there. The passion. She, um, to, uh, me. Did I do it right? You're asking me? I'm behind, Mike. What, what are you? I'm trying, I'm trying my... This guy gets out of the way. He doesn't want to get hit. This is what I'm saying. If that was me, I would be like a big fat American and be halfway on the street. <laughs> Have you noticed how much screen time this car gets? It is a good car. <laughs> BMW in Paris from Jeff Goldblum. I think he was living in that car. Maybe a serious budget. Maybe it was from some placement of money. All right, I'm not so sure. Is this, this, Movie, there's a boy and he's is this the gilding the lily? He's about to jump. Um, no. Um, All right. Uh, I'll tell you when that is. It's 39 minutes into the movie. There's a precious moment uh, in this yeah. movie. That's what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. It's a minute. It's a 38 and 50 seconds. So in the 38th minute, just turn it up. All right. Do you mind just moving that mouse there, Pete, so I can see the perfect. Is this movie why you always say that? I, I learned the expression back in 89 from this movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gilding the lily. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, he gives a really good tip. Uh, well, smug, but yeah, really it's good a porn tip. term, you know. Oh, gilding, yeah, gilding my lily. That's frog sex. Are you into frog porn? <laughs> Who isn't? Come on. I'm with it, that ribbit. So they're talking. They're, so this movie is about a movie that, uh, about them writing a movie. Oh. Well, yeah. no, but that is in the movie. Are they running this movie? Like they're like, what? What should we do now? Well, no. He goes. Okay, so I went over there every single day to write the story with the director, and it was raining every single time. And what they came up with is that, like, it's one of Peter Pan's lost boys, and in the end, he jumps off the roof. And they're also going to make that the opening scene, so they think that they've made great progress today. The movie will be a flashback. This sounds great. So now he's just eyeing the sister. It's just like, hmm, it's that sexual person again. It's funny that like they were dating and they played brother and sisters in kind of an incestuous film. I mean, not ha-ha funny. But right. It's, yeah. It's their call, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, uh, judging. This is a great movie. We'll have the monkey fall out of the tree. Uh, why did he fall out of the tree? Because he was dead. Carl, why was the mo- <laughs> Carl? Why did the monkey fall out of the tree? Uh, because he was dead. That's an old joke. Why was he dead? Uh, I that part I don't know. Because uh, he fell out of the tree. Boom! But he was in the tree, dead. But never mind. But why did okay, he fall? So out now of- the producer is like, listen, you guys, you think you're so great. You've given me a piece of crap. I cannot sell this. Oh, the dream yeah. of the dead, the monkey. What? I can't sell. You bring no, your sister over to my house. Line, so we should listen. Finally, the cinema happy because nothing like that ever happened to their children. That boy. He's criticizing the, the suicide part. Is that well, Mick Jagger? That doesn't interest me. It's Dexter Gordon. <laughs> That's a good guess. No, him. The guy sitting down, Mick yeah, Jagger, yeah, yeah. not the guy with the suit. Yeah, no, that guy's not Dexter Not Jeff Goldblum. Not Jeff. Leave not it up. Leave the sound up. All right, all right, all right. Leave it up. I can't stand his accent. All you have to do is say whether you're interested or not. See, it is but Mick Jagger. Don't ever tell me what I've got to do. Here comes. Do you want to produce this film? Yes or no? Well, then say it. Yes. All right. Okay, here it comes. Here then there's comes. no more that needs to be said. Okay, movie's it's over. I'm like a girl. If you want to fuck me, be nice. <laughs> okay. It's a lot of build-up for the, for the funniest thing. That's, the, that's your line in the movie. All right, there's, there's your moment. There's your clarity. Your... No, but the thing is, if I was there, right, when it came up, I would turn up the sound and he'd say it. Like, it's hard to tell you to, like, put it on. Oh, head. no, I, I understand. You're all these stupid. You see that? Yeah, yeah, but why? Why are you letting yourself be pushed around by a complete beginner? He's being thug again. Is he going to confess right now? No, not till later. No, no. So why is he letting himself get pushed around? You and I know, but the audience doesn't. Right. They're blackmailing him. Are they blackmailing the audience? He's saying smug stuff like, you should have gone on that vacation I told you to go on. You think that's smug? You think he's like Bill Murray's brother from Moving Violation, smug? Uh, no, I liked that. Oh, uh, Tom Arnold smug? <laughs> no, I liked that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Michael Keaton smug? It's like the youth smug, a guy who really doesn't have life experience knowing everything. That's right. what it is. Like, yeah. 
Jeff Goldblum's going to learn a big lesson in this film. So before it, he okay, well. Yeah, he learned never make jokes in front of a kid drinking milk. Uh, what we're he- seeing now is a montage of him spending about three weeks doing nothing but staying typing and oh. doing his making this. Uh, While his boy does boy stuff. I'm a kid. The, I'm like, your kid. He's like, you type for a while. And he goes, type, 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 type. <laughs> you're so. You're you type. So, uh, That's a nice place. You're so productive, you know. That's a nice studio he lives in. Yeah. His friends was shot there. Look at my watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so now he's having a dream. Uh-oh. And... Dream of the Mad Goldberg. Ooh, Goldberg. Yeah, LeGrand decided to not do the film. He divorced his wife, and he got two girls. Flappers. And Flappers. the brother and sister went to America and, and married each other and adopted his son. Huh. <laughs> That's his dream. Huh. Oh, right. It's like, a, it's like a movie, you know? It's like a dream within a movie within a dream about a movie about a dream in a movie, right? It's just that like, they started yeah, a, re- a religion, religion over. The movie's called Dream, and he has a dream. That's not fair. Is he the Mad Monkey, Carl? Yep. He is the Mad Monkey? Uh, I don't know. I know. I don't think so. I don't think so. He does get a bad. Look at that place. So beautiful. Why don't you wait to the end? And then in the credits, it says Mad Monkey played by blank. Yeah, right. Jeff Goldblum, Mad Monkey. And I'll say, yeah, I knew it. I can't wait till the end. Yeah, there's that We're car again. We're hearing the voiceover, and he thinks that he's coming over there with the final draft. And now he's extremely frustrated when Malcolm wants to rewrite everything. I mean, he just spent three weeks. Oh, yeah. He had to change. They kept this kid stuff in there, and he's not going to uh, attribute it to him. Now, watch minute 38. You'll want to listen for Gilding the Lily. You should turn it up, actually. All right. Building, this is my moment of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Among many. He goes, here is my crack I just wrote. <laughs> it's called Rocket Man. Eddie the Eagle. Paper rustling sounds for those who can't hear. That's the sound of Jeff Goldblum reading. You can't do this. Why not? Because it's you're gilding the lily, is why. What does that mean? Uh, what does that mean? It means you're being self-indulgent. Well, Ooh. I'm the director. Watch what he said. Well, direct on the set. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't Scre- direct in our script. There's a screenwriter who like wrote this movie. Like, yeah, that is my scene. The director kept that scene in just as I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well just say, you know what? Fuck you, director. <laughs> Sign this screenwriter. Uh-oh. Is this a dream too? How long have I been there? Uh-oh. Well, he does have a dream in which he wakes up to Jenny just like this. But this and it ends up life. being a dream in the end, but we'll get there. All right. Okay, so once again, Boy, she went. there's at a stage hmm. in which the film is not going to go forward out of frustration with the brother. So the sister shows up and sort of gets everyone back on board. <laughs> it's working for me. But at this point, can we say as audience members, maybe we think that same happened with the director or the producer? <laughs> 
Pretty now, sorry. this director is French, uh, he did, or Spanish, I think. He did two other Spanish films that are really good. This one was his only and first English attempt. Did a good job. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Girl of Your Dreams and Bella et Foc. These are his two good Spanish language films. I think he's and he had a hand in writing this. Oh, very cool. I'm handing over the Spanish script oh. of this movie to, to Ficoldi. El Sueño del Mono Loco. Yeah, see, there he is. Sueño it, means, oh, yeah, yeah, dream. Dream, right. mm-hmm. yeah. And, and mono in Spain, in Spanish, is like a, it's what you call a kid, in, like in Spain. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, mm-hmm. 30 years ago, I guess. I have yeah. no idea. No, uh, no, I has hecho bastante. Yep. Maryland done. So oh, it's hecho algo que no debas. Si. Yeah, it's nothing you can make. Yeah, I can follow along. All right, so they did it. Yeah, well, we're about to see La Pacula BJ. <laughs> English, please. Uh-oh. English, please, girl. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Thor in that Rangarok one. Dexter was? Yeah, that's right. Because no. he. Fletcher? No. no so, you no, know, Jeff Gold- Oh, right. Jeff Gold- <coughs> And he shows, his character shows up in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in the end credits, uncredited. Yeah. Just as a random now, image. Now, this is your, um... Not at all creepy. This is your poster, Mike, where he was inappropriate with you. Oh, right. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, if you, uh, if you do join our Facebook page, God bless you, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl has been... <laughs> The master of the paint, uh, Microsoft Paint, <coughs> cut and paste. And you probably cringe every time you see it. We got two new people today who said, I would like to be a part of that page. Oh, great. All right. Thank you. And that, that is our Facebook page. And we always put posts, and uh, Carl will always update it when he syncs up a movie and repost it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Which is available on YouTube and Reloadio. Oh, yes, it will be. Yes. So, yeah, feel free to, to put our shows on Reloadio. I'll okay. take this now one because this I'm on it. On but you get to pay Mutiny Radio five bucks if you listen to it on Reloadio. Was but I supposed to pay to get in here? I forgot. There no. used to be a uh, troll yeah. at the door. Well, Wait, oh, we need 24 bottles of water. <laughs> Mike, pay yeah. attention to this scene. All right. I haven't seen this in maybe 20 years. Uh-huh. Have you seen this movie before? No, no. I mean, I haven't seen from my point of view with this act. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. It's very graphic. It's on YouTube. Well, I certainly like the eyebrows. Hers, too. He still can't figure out what she's doing. You got a problem with your belt? I think she's taking off some horse saddle. Is it a fanny pack? Do you have, like, a wallet in there? You know, those inside fanny packs? Money belt. She's definitely repairing his laptop. He could have shaved for this. Look at this. This is called acting. And she's done. Maybe, you nope. think? No, I think she's just in slow motion going up and down. <coughs> All right, this is what we paid. This is okay, like that scene so of Jurassic Park with Jeff Goldblum. In our plot, now Jeff Goldblum is back on board. Naturally. He's going to rewrite the, the whole mm. script the way yeah, he wants, even though he's well. frustrated. So it's one of those uh, sort of sister sex things going on. Yeah, I've, I've been on that channel. It's only hinted at. You never really see it. You do see her naked bush. 
One hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> All right, there okay. you go. All right, thanks. thanks. thanks Saving me a lot this. of thanks time. No, don't touch that, <laughs> Vicky Coldy. Don't touch that dial. Uh-oh, now, there's people you inside just, the wall. you know, want the real deal, you can just put your cursor on minute, uh, an hour 15. Don't, don't do that. Just Ow. wait. Slap hand. Slap hand. So he's in his apartment? What's up? He's got a leak? Well, yeah. He goes home. He sees that Danny's sleeping, and then he just runs off to his agent and leaves the kid alone in the apartment. Oh, that's a good for his dad right there. That's what they do in Paris. <laughs> when you're in America, man, you can treat your kids any way you want. No American child service France, will come. France. Oh, yeah, right. No, he he gets in trouble. The Mickey Mouse, how ironic. He's like Well, Mickey. earlier, if you recall, in that uh, the first scene where he met Legrand, he was like, um, "I'm trying." You know, when they saw the short, he goes, "You didn't like it." I was trying. No, he's the English one. He goes, "Oh, you didn't like it? I was going for Disney." <laughs> we didn't hear that one. Okay, so the agent is like, you know, hello, and then he's like, oh, my God, I woke you up. I mean, it's five in the morning. Right. right? Is and he it, pretending? He left, he left his kid alone in the apartment and went over to her place. Yeah. Hey, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> yes, yes, it is, sir. <laughs> okay. Have a good day. You don't own an icebox? But no, I have a refrigerator. It is currently running. Is there something I should do about it? Is it okay that it's running, sir? <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what to say. I never got this far. <laughs> yeah, I usually get hung up on yeah. everybody knows. <laughs> yes? So he's admitting to the producer he slept with her? No, he's not. Well, and he didn't really he's sleep like, with her. do you have something that you want to tell me? And basically, it's a heavy, heavy flirt going on. You know, I'll make you breakfast and... Um, Boyish charm. Take me to bed stuff. And right now, he's trying to convince her to sell her apartment. Oh, really? <laughs> he's using yeah. the power of that hair to persuade her. Oh, there we go. Now, look, she can't walk, as you know. So he has to put her in bed. So he's not... She's loving the closeness. Right. And he thinks she's a friend. I don't know. Oh, so he doesn't do anything. But, uh, you know, throughout the whole thing, he flirts, he kisses her. You'll see. Yeah. Well, that's because Jeff never didn't think he was on. The cameras were rolling. He didn't realize the cameras were rolling. <laughs> yes. I'll take your boots off. But it would be awkward. Hmm. Uh, I'll take your boots off, but it would be awkward. She's always frustrated. See, she she doesn't. He's not going for her. So he goes home. He hears the answering machine, and it's the wife who, like, had just slept with him, saying, "Please call me at the hotel. I am depressed." Oh boy. I mean, it's one a.m. So he obviously missed it, and he says, like. I felt like I had missed an important appointment and I could never get back. And right, because he crossed the line. I don't know, it's just a downer so, in the film. So this, so this, that blowjob was a metaphor for ruining his marriage. Well, I don't think so. Every blowjob ruins everything. 
Yeah, in movies. <laughs> you can't get a guy, oh, can't get a break. Father's Day. Guess what LeGron is saying? Hey, is today Father's Day? Scrape. No, no, no. Next, it's not. next, next Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. June 12th, right? Uh, uh, no, hey, no, <laughs> Speaks, I'm sure it's you know, true with you. It's like you have to be reminded, right? Well, I, I thought it was this weekend, and I checked. That's the only reason why I know <laughs> that it's next week. But I think today is June 12th, 2019. Yeah. Uh, here at LWAFLMOIT. I think this year they'll get their act together, right? Uh, what, the, the family? Yeah, they'll finally, like, recognize you as the, as the dad of the home, right? Well, uh, they, you know what? That would be great. I'm really excited. For Father's Day, they invited me on the set of Maury, so I'm really excited to be there. I get to see the audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Maury, yeah. Wow. What okay. a nice surprise. What a nice surprise. I wonder what the topic would be. <laughs> well, on Father's Day. On Father's Day. Father-related. Well, I think I'm, I'm very honored. You know, I can't wait. Probably be very even-handed. You probably will be honored. Yeah. <laughs> With warrants from seven states. Call Malcolm, but to tell him to go to hell. Okay, I'm so sick. he's saying, I can't sell this, I can't sell this. It's a piece of shit, and you know it. And he goes, why don't you get a star? You're not thinking, Legrand. Get yourself a star. And he still he hates himself. one in Jekyll Bloom. So <laughs> <laughs> he adapted this other play, and this Marianne Durant was in it. So they're like, get her as the star. Oh, so so that's take, the whole thing. Uh, but was it because the, the sister is the star in this movie, or no? A woman named Marion Durant from another script he like adapted from a book is a famous actress, and he knows her, so he says, "Get her." All right. And so they're like, "You talk to her, of course. You're her friend." And he's refusing. Here's the car again, BMW. Well, yeah. he gets in the car to leave, but he doesn't leave. Something tells him to stay. Uh-huh. What was that? Now, LeGrand just called up Malcolm and said, I'm not doing the film. It's canceled. Unless we get this Marianne LeGrand, I'm not doing it. Oh, sorry. Marianne Durant. So he's just been waiting now, all day in that car. Who shows up? Oh. Uh, who showed oh. up? <clears throat> no, it was that late. Oh, it's the sister. So once again, the film is in trouble. Someone's refusing to do it, and she comes over and smooths it all out. All right. So now, who mm-hmm. are, we, are we all caught up? That's we, right. Okay, now here's an awful right. scene. Awful scene. Oh, he's mean to the something. Ooh. Don't look! Don't look! I'm looking. Not oh, happy. No, there's no, oh no! Not happy. No. Here comes a scream. Don't look, don't look. You'll see it. You'll really see it. Okay. Well, it's just I'm a boy shaving by himself. What could possibly go wrong? Cut his whole face off with a razor by accident. Don't look, don't look. I'm going to look. Oh, God. Oh, he spilled ketchup. Oh, that's a deep cut. He spilled ketchup all over his shaving cream. It's all right. We're going to wipe the ketchup off and we'll wipe the shaving cream off. Now, somehow we were trying to say that the dad, he was a dad bad. He did uh, that bad. Did I say that backwards? <laughs> you know, people ask me where I shop for clothing, and, and I tell bad them that dad, right? Gap has a clothing store for dads. It's called Gap Sad. <laughs> Gap Sad for Sad Dad. Okay, look. Dad. She's, he saw Jenny, right? Oh, she's getting ready to get some script corrections. Creepy. So now he sort of follows her in his mind in a way. You see how it's floating? Or it's oh, 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 yeah. Oh, oh. That's some good camera work. Best <clears throat> movie ever made. Hmm. 
This is the best Jeff Goldblum ever made. Now we're going to see some foreshadowing. Really? An hour into this film, we're going to see some foreshadowing? Thank God. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for this act. There she is, and... What? Wait. But they oh, leave okay. nothing to the imagination. It's awful. Just... Oh, oh my God. That poor yeah. mannequin that fell from the building. Glancing blow? Isn't it enough to just see that she jumped off? And also, in the script, yeah. you don't see if the guy dies. They make that a big deal. I'm checking so the script right now. Uh, I was... Uh, no, Dan Cook, Casa Don, Vanyo, no, Interior Dia. No, that's wrong. That's during the day in the bathroom. All right, but you get the point. Okay, so now Malcolm is like, you know what you gotta do? You gotta go to talk to Duran. And he's like, oh, you know, hey, Malcolm, I mean, I'm not gonna do it, okay? I'm not gonna do it. He goes, oh, I'm sick of your Jeff Goldblum. You gotta do it. He goes, no, hey, I'm not uh, gonna do it. So that's the whole scene. Mm-hmm. And he smoked chain smoking <clears throat> in Paris. How cool is that? Well, they should have hired Mick Jagger for to be director. <laughs> he would yeah. have been good. I'm sure the character's name was like Mick Jagger. <laughs> All right, Chase This guy directed Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, which is a really it's a cult film. It's about a. Uh, I guess he's a. It's unrealistic, Olympic, but it's very fun. Is it a skier, like Olympic skier? That's the thing. He changes up several times. He just wants to be in the Olympics. He doesn't care what. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. So I'll check that movie out. I, last time I saw Dexter Fletcher as an actor was in a Mike Myers movie that came out last uh-huh. year called Terminal with, with Margaret Romney and uh, Roby, whatever her name is. Uh, and it, it's, it was one of those films that seemed like it was meant for mass consumption, you know, that any uh-huh. country and any dub and any way you see it, that movie's there for you. So you can see in the theater, you can see it on VOD, you can see a VOD in Italy, you know, it's it's there. It's internationally accountable on I saw it on D V D. And uh he's good in it. It's a weird movie. I don't know if you've seen it. What's it called again? Terminal, because it takes place in a bus terminal. Get it? Oh bus okay. terminal. And the bus terminal is what like was the this... one with Tom Hanks and he's in the airport. Uh, lost the, the in, terminal, lost in translation. Uh, that was terminal. <laughs> right, <laughs> you're terminated. No, that's the terminal. This is terminal. And we watched uh, Terminator last week, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's still on YouTube for free. If you guys want to check it out uh, and right. sync it up, and we'll never be on YouTube with it. No, it's not worth it. Because Mike thinks we'll get sued for yeah. zero dollars. Yes, for zero dollars. Yep, absolutely. We we tread our own ground. Right? Tread lightly. Okay, so now he he left the restaurant going, that's it, I'm not going to do it. So who shows up? Hey, your six o'clock yes. is here. <laughs> and he's saying to her, right in front of her, I expected you, I knew you'd be here every time. You're here to smooth things out, as they say. Outing him. That's what the kids call it now. Yes, yes. Don't you always turn up when your brother has a problem? Ba-boom. Ba-boom. Mm. That's right, Sally. J-bomb. Table. She's going to have to do something hey. special now. Your brother's like the original gangster every time. And you will show up. Yeah, so? <laughs> so and he said that he was so an Earth Girls Are Easy. So you I'm sorry, Carl. You mentioned that he was in Earth Girls Are Easy prior to this. That prior to this. And hmm. The Fly. Yeah. <laughs> He's huge. He was into Into the Night. He was in The Big Chill all ahead of this. Yeah, Invasion right. of the body snatchers. 
But then he went to Paris and did these movies. Yeah. It was really odd. I guess, yeah. And they came back. Uh, did it work in Europe? Did this sell really good? Yeah, I mean, it's a, a it's actually a cult film. I mean, it's a respected movie, and uh, I don't know how these well, other films found. Well, it didn't sell well. It did get released in many countries. They didn't lose money. They didn't lose money. Yeah, I mean, by the time it hits the United States, Blockbuster shells has Twisted Obsession. You know the money's <laughs> been made at that point. Well, sure. They, I mean, you know, he was huge. He is huge. I mean, he... Buckaroo Banzai and Deep Cover. And oh, yeah, he was huge in Buckaroo Banzai. The Time and Newsweek cover stories about his uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Mm-hmm. He, played a, he played a cowboy named New Jersey. The cowboy, yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm reading these subtitles right now that it was incredibly sexual. Oh, yeah. Watch, it's going to get... Uh, it's oh, good. now it's actually really sexual. Yeah, it's got it from... Uh, uh, then look, you think he's saying no, don't do it, but instead he goes, no, I really wanna, I wanna really do it. Yes. So what happens here is instead of her pleasuring him, he pleasures her, and the director's oh. trying to say to us, look how things are getting weird here. Twisted. You know. Hmm. Yeah, it's getting a little weird. Still here. being used, but he's falling for her. Yeah. He wants to make her like him. Jeff Goldsmith. Can we have some more porn lighting, please? How about some less lighting? No lighting. No lighting. All right. There's some acting. Mm-hmm. This dude was in Jurassic Park, Independence Day, <laughs> all of his sequels. In between her thighs. There you go. Yeah. I beat you to that. Right. It's like, whose brother's in trouble now? By the way, this is not the movie you hear in the background. It's just me. Now, it's very obvious to me that in post-production they had to make this happen because they messed it up filming. Danny is supposed to catch them. Right. So what they do instead is they show you images of Danny, and then they show him in the bedroom with Danny. Because you see, boom. Danny sees it. Wow. But listen, this is a kid actor. You're not going to have him in the same shot. Time to get the razor again. Oh, look at that. You're right. You're right. That's exactly right. Yeah, they can't. Like the kid has no idea what this movie is actually about. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know right. why I'm... He didn't watch this movie like you did. They wanted him in the room. <laughs> that kid went on in 1990 to do a film called Sweet Revenge. It sounds very good. Outbox lawyer Carrie Fisher uh-huh. hires an actress, Roseanne Arquette, to do, seduce her ex-husband by posing as a Dale woman. So I think I'm going to Netflix it. Yeah. <laughs> That's his only other credit. The, the kid? Yeah. God, I hope that kid's all right. Probably uh, took that kid. Well, it's two years later, so he must have played some kid part. Right. And they released the movie. So now dad's in bed going, hey, you know, I'm not a, you know, your dad's not no ho. I just, you know, uh, had the opportunity and. uh, Listen, I just got uh, gargled with Listerine and I uh, shaved and I took a shower and Uh I gargled with some more Listerine, you know. So I think I I feel comfortable. She was, she was deloused. Yeah, it was consensual. I uh, she came over because of a script problem, naturally. But all right. Meanwhile, this, our friend Miranda has no idea what an asshole this guy is. That's she, right. Now, she, when they kissed, you had the sound down, but she was like, "Is that tuna fish I smell?" No, it's a uh, listerine, double listerine. Nah. Guys, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Sorry. Along with a check for the rest of the money he owes you, he's furious. Uh, Basically, this whole scene is like 
things are not well in Whoville. You know, Danny has issues. Um, we find out she can't have kids. It's all just a, like, hmm. world is a mess. <laughs> you can still smoke in restaurants. <laughs> yeah, come on, freedom. Yeah, in Paris, no less. It really is stinky cigarettes. Oh, here we go. Here's yeah. that kiss. Yeah, he's going to, like, I'm just reinforcing the fact no, that I had sex with another woman. Yeah. Did you have sushi? Uh, that, okay, that's come on, guys. three unrequested <laughs> unre- unre- no, unre- un- sushi kisses. I was, I was trying to tag it. <laughs> I'm failing in jokes. I'm not, I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not trying to go for it. Not yeah. go for it. Jeff Goldblum will now use a sippy cup. Over his <laughs> wine. You know, he hears a piano playing in the background. He's been restraining himself at that table the whole show. Said, Don't get up and play the piano. Don't get up and play the piano. Stop forcing your hobby on us. My character should be playing the piano at this point at the restaurant as she comes to visit him. So the thing is, this scene is awkwardly placed. It's in the middle of everything. What's supposed to happen I is I agree. he says he won't introduce, he won't talk to the famous actress. Jenny comes over and does some stuff, and now he's off. He's off to talk to the, talk to the actress. actress now. So that scene was awkwardly placed. It wasn't really. It didn't advance anything. Well, it's it's just deepens Miranda Richardson's role, I guess, and uh, that is a twisted obsession that he's the one woman who likes him. Who sees him for Oh, who you he think is. it's her twisted obsession? Because she is obsessed with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, you're right. Maybe it is her. Well, I thought it was, of course, Jeff Goldblum. Maybe that's just gilding the lily. <sighs> Maybe I'm gilding the lily. Because it's too obvious. Ew. Listen, Carla, I don't want to gild the lily, but I just wrote the word, gild, the phrase of gild the lily on my chalkboard I brought in. Uh, <laughs> it is inscriptive. And, uh, you <clears> think I, don't. Yeah, don't do that. That would be Ooh. an example of gilding the lily. Right. Now, this, they speak French right now. And there's no subtitles. When I saw this in, yeah. in Spanish subtitles, they had Spanish for everything, like the titles. So. Including the French? That's cool, because they don't hear. They, they don't hear. They don't know what they're saying. They, don't, they didn't spend a shit money when they, when they broadcast this here. <laughs> I mean, like, if you lived in England and the Mad Monkey came out and they're talking French for maybe 30 seconds, you go, okay, I yep. get that. You know, it's Italy. What the fuck? Right? It's Italy. Mm-hmm. That's how Italy works. No mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Europe, I meant to say. Yeah, but, everywhere. Yeah. But, but here. But here, you go, uh, huh? Start screaming. Because yeah, we don't know. We, all, we all turn around and scream at the projector. Can. You know, well, I, I watched this uh, on DVD and uh, had the closed captionings on, and the French was not done. Look, look, I want to speak to that for a second, Michael, because yeah. I'm mad. Like, all these European people are like, oh. Americans, they don't know any languages. We have to speak your language. But to your left is German, to your right is French, in front of you is Spanish. Over here well, is this, Portuguese, this, and they're even talking Latin. Look, what do we got? We have Spanish. That's all we have. Uh, they're, well, they're not doing it because they're smart. They're getting along. But you could tell us. You could tell stories that happen to have just different languages. And take that wonderful uh, Brad Pitt movie where it's he gets shot and there's multiple stories. I'll tell, I don't know what that movie is. It's terrible. But, uh, yeah, well, you know. Okay, so we're learning now that Jenny has disappeared. Uh, and Malcolm wait, is okay. really all crazy about it. But <clears throat> Jeff Goldblum's like, you have to go meet the director. I mean, the actress, or she won't do it. 
So he goes, don't worry, I'll stay here and I'll wait for Jenny. Oh, so he never... Uh, I got to go. I got to go pull my little red wagon of water down the, down the road here. Yeah, thanks for getting water. Do you mind uh, passing me a water? Oh, no problem. Yeah. How many do you want? Just one. Okay. Here, here comes six. Three. All right. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, so it's Reed Lodio. How many? What? Well, one when, when, when Pete gets back in the studio, uh, we'll ask him how, how the most direct way we can get... get. Tiny URL slash Relodio. Right in the mic, sir. <laughs> tinyurl.com slash Relodeo. All right. There we go. Thanks so much, Pete Gold. Uh, e, who was last time you were on this show, it was for um, uh, Vela Lugosi meets a Brooklyn Gorilla. <laughs> uh, that was a couple that years ago. That like a fun premise. Oh, yeah. It was a Martin and Lewis uh, ripoff duo, and they had Vela Lugosi in it. It was a comedy. Cool. Yeah. Just like Johnny... Depth, Ed Wood, not really. <laughs> yeah, but for reals this time. So he's at her her bedroom. His well, okay, bedroom. so he's yeah he's snooping around to see what he can find. Now once again, right? Um, I'm not talking to the actress I know. Jenny comes over and does the, her act. Then yes, you are. So he comes over and says to Malcolm, "Okay, I made my arrangements. You got to go meet her now." But he goes, "But Jenny's missing." So. He goes, I'll stay here and wait for her. And that's what he's doing. But he doesn't. He leaves. I don't get it. He snoops around and finds nothing. There's no point to this scene. And he, he's on the phone right now? Uh, he got a phone call saying, Danny is sick. you got to come oh, home. And now if you turn up the sound, we're going to hear only French. Cool. We don't really know what's going on. Let's riff he it. He says, Malad, that's sick. Oh, he's very bad French accent. That's why he's better than we are. Yes, he does. If you're he a understand. French, if you're a French film goer, you'd be like, "Thank you, Jeff Goldblum, just to do a couple lines <laughs> of French for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, I don't know what the French word for thanks is, but you know. Merci. Je ne sais pas. Merci. Because, because I'm pretending that I'm stressed. This is what I do when I act when I'm stressed. Oh, the music is great, too. It's, this is stress music. Stress factory. If I was a conductor, I would be, like, moving my baton very stressfully right now. All right, that's the exciting French-speaking... French Somebody's sick. It's a little so French. He comes in and Danny is the one who's sick. But Danny's like, okay, I don't know, he's sleeping. And then Jenny's there. And she's like, you know, remember Jen, you know, he saw Jenny. So he's like, this isn't cool, Jenny. What are you doing here? And then she says, he's pretending to be asleep because I'm here. She's not really, you know. Oh, yeah. So Jenny is now basically saying, listen. I'm sorry that I slept around. Oh, she's and I'm okay. sorry, you know, but we're going to scout locations tomorrow. So this is goodbye. And he's like, you always say goodbye. Right. It just shows that Dan has fallen for her. His name is Daniel, and his son's name is Danny. Yeah, Dan huh? Jr., I guess. Would it be? Is Dan Daniel then Daniel? Well, Danny is just a nickname for Daniel, so yeah, it's Dan. Yeah, so it's Jr. It's a junior. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a junior. 
I think his um, middle name is Smugog, which in French means smug. <laughs> oh, all right. Nice. Drop in French. Oh, he's being sincere right now. Here. Did you did you just get a haircut, Jenny? You always look like you just got a haircut. Uh, it's kind of awkward, you know, yeah. So, uh, what do you uh, kids watch? Do you watch, uh, still watch Ren Stimpy? Oh, Ren Stimpy was 20 years ago. Oh. Uh. <laughs> One time my father made a pop reference in the 80s with my young friends. He's trying to be cool. Like, God bless him. I don't mean to knock him, but he was trying to be cool. So he dropped Arlo Guthrie reference. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Good one, Dad. Oh, yeah, Arlo Guthrie. That was his restaurant. <laughs> All right, the tables have turned. Yeah, that's right. So now it's like, well, the tables haven't turned. They've changed. His, now his, she's saying, you're the only one who seems to be aware of my bullshit. So therefore, I'm apologizing for my bullshit. I, I, I'm still going to do it. I want my brother to be a success. I'm still going to do it, but I know that you know. So I've come there to say that because I'm going away, and this is goodbye. We're going to go scout filming location. Now, Mike, right. what I don't understand is that's not forever. It's like for a week, and then they're back home. What's the big... Well, I mean, it's tough to get locations when you're out there. There's a lot of permits, a lot of paperwork, you know. Yeah. And sometimes... <laughs> it, <laughs> we could be gone for years. Yeah, if you're pimping at your sister, I'm sure, like, you know. So she's now left. He's put Danny into bed to say, like, to try to hold on to something that's right. of normality. You know, do I have you, a family. Do you be able to wear a nightshirt? Right. Now, the film is in production, and he's going to where they're shooting. What about the actress, Carl? In... What? The, the main actor? Do they get the actress? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. All right, and so the that... film's going into production. So they're going in. I'm sorry. So he's going to the place where it's produced, and it's all basically so we can hear one line. Oh, all right. I'll get ready. I don't want to go the lily here, but I'm, on, I'm ready for it. <laughs> Ah, the old bulletin board. The old white chart. Yeah. yeah. Instagram for old people. <laughs> it's a whiteboard. Markers, draw Okay, lines. turn up the sound. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Is she working on the film? Who? Jenny Green? Yeah, I think so, but nobody knows exactly what she does. That's what the director wanted us to hear. Like, if the film's not going to be made, if she isn't a, if a part of it, but nobody knows what she does, we know what she does. Yeah. So, do you... so now Danny asks to live with Mom, and it really hurts his feelings. Why? He asked me. Today? No, no, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Yeah, so it's been a secret that they both kept, and he doesn't get mad at that. Wait, where, where on the, his chrono, his chart would that be? Before or after he saw his dad go down a, a after, uh, and then after. before or after he cut himself deeply with a razor? Uh, 
I think that was just, I don't know because it's not a real place, but that was probably the scene that sets up. And then the Jenny scene set, you know, made it a concrete decision, something. Look, French prostitute is a dude. Check it out. All right. No, no, no. Merci. Now, you, hear, you see what Jeff Goldblum said? He said no to her, right? right. <laughs> it's just not realistic. That's crazy. Did you see him? He was looking good. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, he uh, he realized the cameras were rolling and he just had to, you know, yeah, be a professional. No. He's a better man than me. Okay, now that was stalking Jenny. Now he's stalking his son. Oh, right, who, who now does not live with uh, Creepy Daddy. That's right. And he'll see a father replacement doing a great job of bonding with his son. Yeah, he can't it's compete with friends, right? It's just hurt. Oh, this is so... This is like sad dad porn. <laughs> yeah. You get to see it sit across the street. This woman, her name is... Uh, the the wife, her name is Anemone. She has this one name. She's a very famous French actress. Who, who died from lung cancer this year. April. Yeah, she just died April 30. I mean, she I saw that. just Oh, passed. that's the cover of the of, of my uh, script book, the scene of him staring from the restaurant sign. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, because that, that, that shot we just saw was in the, on the poster as well. Him staring through the window, his life right. crumbling before him. Old yep. empty shell of an empty vessel of a man who uh, has to grow up. Thought it was cool. We're old. Yeah, this this movie resonates any year. If you want to put up with this movie, it works perfectly. Until this scene. All right, here we go. So he's done his share of stalking, and now he's going to do even more stalking. And we are waiting for uh, one hour, fifteen minutes, and twenty-five seconds when we will see full-on Bush with no Bush. Oh, it's, it's, it's now that's pretty twisted because it looks underage, right? Cause yes, I, I, and it's incestuous. You'll see it's incestuous because it's the brother filming it. Well, he doesn't really do anything to her, she's making he's making her laugh and he's up close to her. We don't see something sexual, but it's just hinting at, right? And she's of age, but it's also the fact that it's shaved, it's awkward. It's the same thing as the movie short. His cons well, film. I'm sure it's shaved to say I'm young. All right. Well, this has been an exciting conversation, and I hope we don't spend too much jail time on that. But uh, Okay. One hour, 15 minutes, and 25 seconds, and there's nothing jaily about it. Yeah, because the, the brother and sister are confiding among each other about this scene, but she is naked in this lot. Yeah. And I guess it's on camera. Yeah. Oh, he's staring. Maybe this is the scene where he's staring. He has still has that same stare. Oi! Bawang! Twisted. Now, this is a great scene that changes the film. All right, he's and it's dynamic. And I think for the worst. I think the film was doing fine up until now. But something very great is going to happen. And then I think the film goes downhill, but... And you? Are you happy? He's completely different. 
You know, everybody says so. Jenny, Jenny. There's some things uh, that I think we should talk about. You want to suck me? Catch me. Oh, you turned it off. No, I actually turned it up. I just played the whole thing. But, no, but she did. Okay, then she said, catch me if you can. Did you hear that line? Yeah, absolutely. She she goes, you want to suck me? Catch me if you can. Now, he freaks out. I know you've seen this film. I guess I'm... But it's been, I, I yeah. didn't rewatch it this morning. I, I've, I, but I've seen it when he came out, and I've seen it when it was on video, and I've seen it uh, ever since then, here and there. And it's on YouTube now. Yeah. I like that. So basically, his, his twisted obsession has gotten him now to a, a point in which it's like a car chase. That's oh, right. That's chase. pretty twisted. Well, these streets are curved, you know. That's a twisted uh, obsession. <laughs> Look. Goes right. Oh no, she's going left. <laughs> they really don't need this long a. She's driving here. She's driving there. Yeah. There's Eiffel Tower. Did you see Take it for any, a second? Maybe this is yeah. Maybe this is just like a big tax uh, fraud scam. <laughs> People throw money into this film. Show the city. Well, I mean, by now we could have seen the payoff to this scene. Like, okay, we get it. He's following her, and it's. For a distance. 600 uh, filmmakers got paid to, to, to make this film in France. Let, wow. let it be. Uh, now we see Jeff Goldblum acting like he keeps cutting to his face as yeah. if he's trying to find her, trying to find her, trying to find her. It's a lot cheaper just to have a close-up of his driving face than actually show anything behind him or in front of him. Oh, I'm going to dodge. Oh, look out, an asteroid. Whoa, I'm making a face. That makes me think of Rat Think of Boo Boo. Boom! Kapow! Oh, the BMW goes down. By the way, in this film, BMW was played by BMW. That is, that is really BMW. Yeah. Well. Now look, they didn't. I was wrong. The crash didn't happen. He's back on the road. But did he go to an island or something? Oh no, he just fantasized it. Well, she's gonna probably. Get There's the crash. Oh my God! European beer. Yeah, well, no, it was um, it was it was uh, it was part of the foreshadowing. It was ironic to the film. It was Bush's baked beans. <laughs> Bush. And the, yeah, it was bald brand. <laughs> there she is again. Yeah. Girl from the Crying Game. The woman from the Evening Star. Evening Star. Have you ever seen the Evening Star? Do you even yeah, know what the Evening Star sure. is? Is that, that the, was good. That's the sequel to Terms of Endearment that premiered on New right, Christmas Day. Right, when the girls grown up, when they're grown up. Oh, yeah, because it was such a burning question. Like, I wonder what happened 10 years <laughs> later from that film. <laughs> I, they I mean, just wanted to make money. Well, they should turn it into a Broadway musical already. All right, forget the Evening Star. She was in Sleepy Hollow. She was in Chicken Run. Sleepy as a Hollow? Boy. Yeah, well, which chicken did she play? She played This is Tweety. <laughs> she was in Harry Potter, dude. She was in two Harry Potters. Oh, well, yeah, well, that's canon. You can't, you can't argue with that. That's, that's some kid's uh, dream okay, movie. Okay, so now he's in the hospital. Oh, he's having a twisted obsession dream. Because he had his accident. Monkey, mad monkey, tree, dream. So now we're meeting the nurse who will come into play later. Um, 
Listen, Miranda Richardson, she was in uh, Harry Gobble's Fire, and she was in Harry's Head is Hollow. She's a true. I, I, I mean, she's great. I, I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm making light. Yeah, but that she must, you could retire on Harry Potter, right? I mean, a whole generation, sure. well, a whole generation knows you now. Well, the first time I ever bumped into her and cared about her and noticed her was she, when she played the wife of Santa in Fred Claus. Oh, really? Was yeah, she, she was Mrs. the wife. Claus? It was all because of that scene in which, like, your son is a closet eater. And they're like, oh, no. And he goes, it's affecting our love life. Oh. And then Fred starts going, hey, you got some problems there, Santa? <laughs> Do you remember that scene? I've never seen Fred Claus. That's Fred. the time in which I took a shine to Miranda Richardson and noticed her face in other movies. So if you never saw Fred Claus, that's okay. You'll live life. But uh, I don't know. It's I'll, I'll have to see it. Now is the time during the summer when, when Christmas is ironic and not ubiquitous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's Dexter. He's acting off, right? Sorry, wait. Hang on a minute. Well, big she's act missing off. again. Okay? She's missing again. Right. But this time for good. Or not. Well, yeah, it is. He, he called the hospital. He called the police. Um a guy phones up, goes, you called me? I said, yeah, did you see her? No, she's nowhere to be found. So. Yeah. All right. Well, now, now what's going to happen is he catches Malcolm doing heroin. Okay. Oh. So he goes in there and says, did you get your sister into that junk? And she's like, no, she got me into it. Oh, a little heroin subplot. And, he, and he's like, is your sister always part of the deal with your movies? And he goes, Did you get I'm telling it? you, she's in charge. Tell the truth. So he's not a good director. <laughs> right? Like he's, he's, uh, I mean, on screen, I guess, but not as... I don't know. Oh, he's independently acting. He's not manipulating her. He doesn't like it. Go give him a Jack. No, she's the one doing it. She wants her brother to be super successful. Huh. And Jeff Goldblum's believing him now. Yeah, right. So kicking his ass. Now, the reason I said that the film takes a downturn here is because it get, begins to not logically make sense, whereas it did before. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It kind of falls. So he's talking in a, in a, in a stupor, maybe? Maybe he... Who, uh, Malcolm? Malcolm showed up, and now he's having a conversation? Uh, the director? No, we're hearing of... I'm not sure what you're asking, but basically we've learned that Malcolm is not a manipulator. It's Jenny who's but he the walked, manipulator. He, he walked into Malcolm, and Malcolm was shooting up. Yep. And then he said, it's not me, it's Jenny. Well, Jenny, you know, he was like, did you turn your sister onto this junk? And he goes, <laughs> she turned me on to it. Crazy. Now we're going to see a picture that lets us know that Miranda Richardson ha was their friend in London. Oh. Surprise. Surprise! They knew each other. And did you see the Tower of London behind them? It's yeah. like having the Eiffel Tower in your French picture. It's so duh. Didn't or have, in England. They didn't look, have photos of it. Yeah. 
Oh, look, see, if you we're meeting the queen. Hello, hello. <laughs> This is before so Microsoft Paint. You think that was Gilding the Lily showing the big fan in the showing background? Showing the Tower of London because we're in London. And yeah. she dyed her hair too, right? This is like because I'm Don't younger. my Lily. Okay. This is a big scene and also doesn't make logical sense. It confronts the agent, says, I don't know where she is. So he knew already what she was talking about. He goes, you knew them in London. And then Danny guesses at the story. Why don't you listen? Go ahead. All right. Well, I, uh, you and. There's one beautiful witch named Marilyn who lived in London. He's been smart. She discovered her own little Tinkerbell and Peter Pan. She became friends with the weirdo. Together they did many strange and uh, dangerous. That's the part I don't understand. Did they all have sex together? What's he talking about? I think he's applying that. Yeah, he's applying that. Now it seems Peter wanted to make a picture about uh, a monkey and uh, powder that makes you dream. And uh, all right, I think we get the point. But I don't get the point. He goes, "Okay, you met them, you knew them. He came here and said, I want to do a movie, and you said, I know a guy. But the thing is." So why would they hide that? Why? Like, she's an agent. She knows the writer. It means money for her. What is she hiding? It's a twist. That's why I don't understand the film. There's no secret discovered here. And do you think this lack of secret has kind of consumed you? Maybe an an obsession? An obsession? Or maybe a twisted (laughs) obsession? Well, I, I'm just trying to say to you, why a lie? Because they know that they were going to manipulate him. Like, she knows that he was he, he was on the receiving end. And with the producer, the, the, the manager knew all along, and she didn't want to tip her hat. And also, they're bad news, and she doesn't, you know. Yeah. Because also so now, the, Jeff Goldblum gets mad because she's like, I don't care if she's missing. I don't care what happens to her. And he's like, why? And he goes, because I'm six because she's 16 and I'm 30. And then he freaks out, 16! <laughs> what? <sighs> because you're in love with her and not with me. <sighs> you're in love with her and not with me. How do you know who I'm in love with? Now Dan drops her. He kisses her first. He does kiss her. But you see how he lets her go? And then yeah. he says, you should have put your arms around me. Oh, he's calling her cold. I guess, but it doesn't make sense because she's the one who's in love with him. You see right, yeah, saying? yeah, I see what you're saying. She, she told him, and then he did this little song and dance and left. So now Dan gets tough, right? He was just tough with her because of what he learned. Now he's going to go see Legrand, who was the last person to see Jenny. Right. Because the film was falling apart, so Jenny went over there, of course, to do know you know what. But I I, she's gonna... I would say this movie is falling apart at this point. Yeah. So he's barged in on the dinner. Look at that, so cool. Yeah, yeah, the, the family member uh, actors are actually played by the crew. This counts as a break. Now, Jeff Goldblum's going to do something now he never does. He's going to be a guy who hits somebody in a movie. He never does that. Oh, that's interesting. 
Did he hit Charles Bronson well, in Death Wish? I don't want me to say. Maybe you're right, but she's when he was in charge and the leader and a star, he's oh. never picked something in which he's been the action guy and Right. He oh. just hit Legrand, who now admits Jenny came over to patch things up like she always does. She asked to use the bathroom and when he went in there, she was dead from heroin. So Legrand, being the stand up gentleman he is, threw her into a ditch. Oh, you know, I don't think I remember this part. I don't think I read this part. So later he feels guilty, goes back, and she was gone from the ditch. Oh, yeah. Well, Listen you know, if you want. He's admitting. No, I think you, you, you summed it up fine. <laughs> you, you have to put down, like, recycling uh, group. You have to write down for a little sign on the body that says, not free, don't take, not cool. <laughs> yeah, do not take. Do not take. No, no basura. No basura. No take. Uh, gratis. No gratis. Oh, uh, I can't see anything in the screen. I like the soundtrack. Now he gets a postcard from the agent, and it says, Here I am in England. My parents are happy to see me again. And then she goes, I should have put my arms around you. Polishing dialogue for an Anglo-French production. But he's he's saying this on voiceovers, so it's, it's really him saying it. Yeah. From somewhere in England. Well, good for her. Here we go. Oh, no, I take it back. It's her speaking. Put my arms around you. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I like don't this mind movie. that in the I film. Like I think movie. it's actually one of the only professional things they did. This movie's pretty cool, Carl. I mean, there's some really, like, scenes like that and just kind of, there's pockets of it, just the way people look and the, the theme of it. I mean, it's, uh... Mm-hmm. And it is kind of upsetting with the... With, uh, the sexuality. But, and they had lots of stars and they had a budget. It just makes me upset that it starts to not make sense. Like this scene, too. This is a B character, but we meet our B characters in the beginning of Act Two. Here we are at the end of the film, definitely Act Three. Right. You know, we know now where Jenny, she, we know she's dead. The film should have ended. He's now starting a little mini film. He meets the nurse who takes care of him in the hospital. Oh, you mentioned her. Wow. But that's so like Paris, though. Like you always meet your nurse at restaurants. <coughs> and they share a smoke together. <laughs> Some nurse. You always see, you see two things. In, in Paris, you, you bump into the nurses that have attended to you, yeah. and you bump into Can Can girls. Oh, a lot of Can Can. Yeah, always at the Can Can. So, Your can's so fine, girl. They named you twat. I love father. Okay, now I want to say it again. The movie should have ended, yeah. but it hasn't. What he's doing now is he wants to find the actual body. So he's asking a nurse who's conveniently flexed, uh, fell in his lap and has a crush on him. Where did they take the dead, the Jane Doe's? Yes, that's right. I know where this film is going. You don't think that's cool? He's got to know. Uh, no. He's got to know. Uh, I guess. It's just twisted. But, I mean, it could be cool um, if there were, like, intelligent plot points wrapped around it. it. There is intelligent plot points. Why did this happen? He fell in love with her. Right. And he... But the thing is, why should she die? You know what I mean? Like... This is a movie about him and her, right? Right. So he should be involved in the death, or he should try to prevent it. It doesn't make sense that 
you're, she's ramping up to this big, big relationship, and now she's like, I'm leaving, I'm going, and I'm sorry I was such a jerk. And then it's like, oh, by the way, you know, like, you know, he gets a phone call, oh, she's dead. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like he's away from the action, and well, I think at the just... beginning of a film, you learn a lover's die and begin a mystery. It, it doesn't make sense. He needs closure. He has to see her. <laughs> yeah, we should have yeah. five minutes of closure, not... Look, he has to make sure that he has to see her for seven. He's got to make sure he's he's out. Okay, for some reason the nurse does know where they put the Jane Doe's, so he's going to a friend from the hospital who's at some bar, right? And saying, you know, hey, why don't we continue the party? Let's get out of this dump. And he goes, what do you have in mind? She goes, take us to the morgue. Show us the Jane Doe's. Now, they're doing this all in French, right? Yeah. Yeah, with all the friends. Stupid. It doesn't make any sense, man. Well, because when I saw saw this with Spanish subtitles, they they had subtitles for everybody. So the French was translated. Oh, you could hear the conversation. You could hear the conversation? We missed out on that. Oh, Oh, is that in English? Like at this point in the movie, During the film, we we just see Jeff Goldblum waiting at the bar like, oh, please say yes. I hope they say yes. Please say yes. <laughs> and they're far away having their conversation. Well, he, he was okay. at the bar like, don't go near the piano. Don't go near the piano. I know this is a <laughs> piano right. bar. Just don't go near That's it. Right. You're on the uh, set. I wanted to go to the piano, but Frazier was hogging it. <laughs> Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I just want to say some complaints, okay? Yes, please. Uh, there's something called the Goya Awards, and it's like Spain's version of the Oscars. But the thing is, yeah. if you have released two films this year, who's going to win? You know what I mean? It's like Tony Awards. Like everybody won a Tony Award because there's only eight film uh, plays. You know what I mean? So this one a Goya? Uh, well, it won two, three, four, five, six Goyas. Like it was a good film. It won best film. Oh, I, I agree. I absolutely. So this is the part where now listen, these characters are empty vessels, right? They're spiritually empty. Why do you keep saying that? Because like he's not empty. He has a father, but he doesn't grow up. He never, you know, he's he's that fear of pain character. But that doesn't make a person empty. An empty vessel is somebody who's gone through some. They have some post-traumatic stress. Uh, somebody who's gone through the Holocaust. Somebody who's gone through a war. A hollow oh. shell of a man is a guy who. All right. Is so messed up he can't function and he just does what everybody says because he's he's lost his soul that's an empty shell oh man i thank you i appreciate that i gotta change my usernames holy shit i've been using it all wrong uh yeah sorry to be smug no but i feel like she's in a vessel or she might be. So this is like, this movie goes really dark. I mean, now they're at a morgue looking at the, the, the characters. And it's a party. It's for fun. You see they're kissing. Well, they all went from the bar. Like, I'm looking for yeah. a morgue. Oh, I know the Morgue Express. It's right next to the, the Sex and City tour. cool with it. See? She's cool with it. No, she's not. And Jeff Goldblum isn't cool with it either. Look how freaked out he is. He's there that for medical. Didn't Jeff Copeland do an NBC drama show, like a, a CSI type show, where he was like a yeah, he did. Work? He did a years. He did one season. Um, I have that written down here somewhere. That's kind of scary. I've seen an episode I mean, of it. It was bad. Like, when you're going to talk about, uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum, 
you're going to talk about the Independence Days. You're going to talk about the Jurassic Parks. You're not going to, you know. So I got his bio, but I. I mean, he's in I a lot of movies, which is always a delight. He does, he will do comedies and he will do television, but when he shows up, he always adds a yep. dimension to it. And he does that commercial for the apartments. Yeah, he does a lot. Well, his voice is on like a lot. I mean, what's, he's famous for being the Apple voice spokesman. Uh huh. I think. I mean, I remember he was like, "Are you in a sea of pirate vessels?" Okay, here he is. It's um, <laughs> the eighth and ninth look. seasons of Law and Order: Criminal Intent as Zach Nicholas. Yeah, it was not a it was not a CTV. Right. Well, I saw on YouTube uh, a guy had taped on a cell phone the the boardroom, you know, the conference room they met in, and he's like. I think I think your show it, it it's m- missing an a, a, a element of smug, and if you just <laughs> we'll open to the smug, and they were like, hey, you know, Goldblum's right. I mean, nobody is smug on the. So there was a niche for him. Are they fishing for bodies right now? They're just yeah. In a vat? Right now, they're in a vat of formaldehyde. It's like okay, obviously my who I'm, you know. He never says he's looking for someone. He goes, no, no where's the real Jane Doe? So the obvious. ones who are unidentified. There's always one guy they at a party him in... like this. What? There's always one guy at these parties that, that are just like, I'm just here for our body. I'm just here to see a body. I'm not here to have fun. They've got a hook, like a fish hook. Yeah, bringing up those bodies. What do you call that thing? I have it written body, down. Body hook. They use Swinkies as lure. Uh, this is a Lolita tale, Heavy Illusions to Peter Pan. Wait, is that her? IVP release. I've is got it somewhere. Is he seeing the dead body now? That looks like Legrand, see? Oh, it's it Legrand, is. the producer. Whoa. We just learned he's dead. And a Jane Doe. And a Jane Doe. Uh, John Doe. Wow, he popped out of nowhere. I don't remember that. Ah, scene. Fishing Gaff. That's what it's called. G A F F S. And the, it's the purpose is to fish around corpses and formaldehyde bats. I guess for fish. <laughs> now the nurse is like, "What's up with this Jeff Goldblum? He's all I know. freaked out." I saw him in the second act of this movie, and he hasn't even talked to me much. Now they're going down even deeper to the next vat. Oh, that's it's, it's in the basement's basement. Oh, the the fifth level. That's cool. That's like a metaphor. Symbolism. Yeah. Yeah. Of the planes of hell or no? Yeah, planes of hell. He's descended to the final hell. level the five. Concord, right. Hades. <laughs> that was the plane from hell. <laughs> the Concord was a plane from hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's so loud. Now, who does he see? Oh. Not sure. So flip her over. Oh. Oh, that's probably the music's going off. Do, do, do. Yeah. Because I know that badge anywhere. It's the same look he gives when he was looking at it. Oh, there she is. Yeah, and he's going to scream his head off. Oh, that was me after I found out the popcorn prices at this theater. Seven fifty. That's a good one, Mike. <laughs> saw the popcorn price. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a bummer. Let's leave this party. 
Listen, her father was a 1960s Grand Prix racing driver and winner. Really? And his yeah, and his name was Johnny Walker. <laughs> that guy sounds like he's fucking kick ass. Yeah, that guy was kick ass. So they listed his friends like they were all badasses, but you know it's so long ago. I don't know any of the names there. Don't you feel like the, Don't you feel like this is cathartic? Well, I think right now the director is having him cleanse himself. He's getting rained on. Oh. You see, it's like trying to wipe away. Right. But the film still doesn't make sense. Is that what he's doing? He's cleansing? Yeah, I mean, he uh, got the closure he needed at the expense of the state. Well, that was fun. You want to go to the movies too, say? Well, see, that's the thing. The nurse is saying, were you looking for her? He realizes he was looking for a woman. Uh, and I think that, like, she's lost her chance with him. And Jeff Goldblum says, were you looking for someone? And she doesn't say any answer. And I think the director's trying to say, yeah, for him, for love. Right. It doesn't make sense to the plot. He's a bad dad, bad lover. I guess. Yeah, bad man. He so now we're going to hear man. a voiceover in which Dan types, he basically types a novel about his experience. Yeah, which I wonder and if he, that's the, novel, the original novel storyline. I don't I'm know, and I, I just never, I didn't get that far as to read, I guess this story, this it is because this is the so he writes I buried Jenny and nobody showed up but then again she was a tough kid and she would have expected no less what what it doesn't make sense well because she was in formaldehyde and it's like twice the body weight <laughs> to get it out and you know like no U-Haul is going to let you put that in their van you know you're not going to really get, get a it, rental yeah. and then uh, okay Mike let me just review this for you for one minute okay, okay. right Oh, wait, no, it's not really over. Now in French, we're learning, but we don't know French, that uh, somebody's in the car waiting for him outside. What time is it here? 6.45. I just want to complain at the end of the film. I don't know if we'll have enough time. We have five minutes. All right, let me just do it now. He had two or three sexual encounters, right, with this girl. Uh... It was all with Jenny's ulterior motives, and then he learns that he knows it's all her ulterior motive, which leads up to this big chase scene. He discovers that the agent lied. They, had, they knew each other. He separates with the agent. After that, she's simply gone, and he finds her and has a cathartic moment, and now we're about to see him hook up with the agent. This film doesn't make sense the second Jenny disappears. Yeah, or why she had to turn into that. Right. Like, there was, why did she have to die in this movie and then have her body right. literally dredged out of the of that? Now, if it's really about him growing up and seeing that the agent is the real person, right. then, then she should not have died. He should have split up with her. And, you know, I mean, I don't know how they would have written it, but... Well, they're two lost souls, and they found and they they knew each other, and they bounced around with each other. And this is a honesty. Like I, I think the agent knew how self-destructive the, the the brother and sister were, so he he didn't she didn't want to be accountable for it. Like she had a feeling what was going to happen. See, I I would align with you and think you're a hundred percent right, 
and you should have written and directed this film because that's not she knew no, that's a good well directed in movie. London and this one of Goya best sense. director yeah yeah I guess well they're still hanging out this movie hasn't ended yet yeah that's right it ends with them you know now they're a couple oh all right that's and cool and there's some last lines here um let's see it's on page 11 of my note let me check my screenplay book oh turn it up we'll just hear it Uh, I'm on the last page. I found it. All right. She reads Dan's new book. She cries. He carries her to the bedroom. They're close. He, he, he's the one who, like, detours in the bedroom, and I thought that was pretty good scene, you know, like, it says what he wants. And then before or after, he goes, you're not a witch. You're a siren, a muse from the sea. That's what he says. So, like, what's the point? He's grown up now. He's found his... Yeah, he, he respects... Uh, he understands where the agent's going, and that's the woman he respects and loves. And that's it. That's the okay. movie. Here's the credits. That's wow, it. that was there pretty cool. Uh, Pearl, <laughs> what do you think of this movie? I think that just happened. I think I was with them until Jenny disappeared. Uh, all right. I like this movie. I like how it just keeps going on and on like that. You know? <laughs> It's a little There's a lot to like. Uh, so, hey, I don't have a trailer for next week's movie, but I have selected next week's movie, and it takes okay. place in San Francisco, and Great. it is the last full-length movie version of Charlie Chan, official Charlie Chan movie, called Charlie Chan and the Curse of the Dragon Lady, and uh, it was 1981. Really? Yeah. It was from the director of the Nude Bomb. It was his follow-up the next year, <laughs> and it's it came out in 1981. I mean, I know Peter Sellers was doing a similar film back then, but uh, so it yeah. says Charlie Chan and the Curse of the Dragon Lady, 1981. Yeah, and I don't have a trailer I'm for there. it, but that will be our movie next week. I want to thank you guys so much for making it to the end of another episode of L W A F L M O Y T. That's us on iTunes, YouTube, and Twitter. And we are on Facebook as Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube, which we do every week. And uh, follow our podcast, follow us, and uh, keep supporting MutinyRadio.fm. They have some great shows to stream live, and maybe you're spending your Sunday streaming the show live. Uh, next up is a great uh, open mic comedy show, uh, live comedy happening at 4 to 6. So uh, uh, take a listen and uh, just keep listening. So that's it, Carl. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a great choice again. And I'm looking forward to Charlie Chan. Charlie Chan from 1981. I'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year watching movies.
German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. That's the French duh, not the Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and...
entire time. We're just going to ramble for the entire time. Fuck it. Why wait? We just... 15 minute sets, boys. 15 minute sets. Hope you got your fucking material ready. I'm just kidding. You don't have material for this. What are you... Are you serious? No. Jesus. I didn't prepare anything. I'm just going to... I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> yeah. You got a hard out? No, no one does. All right. Yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> oh, got it, got it. Round two. All right. I'm going to hold the uh, microphone like this. For some reason, people do this like you're holding a woman, you know, you're like, or a man, you know, I don't judge, you know, it's whoever you like to dip, you dip, we dip. All right. I'm going to stop that shit. Welcome to the <laughs> illustrious. Muni Radio, watch and learn open mic on Saturdays. You're listening to the soothing sounds of Kelly Evans. I'm just going to talk like this the entire time. <laughs> no? All right. I liked it. Well, uh, if you don't know, there are paper towels in the bathroom right now. Fucking take advantage. I wiped my entire body down. I was like, there are rarely paper towels here. You know, you got to make up for lost time, which I did. That's why I was in the bathroom for so long. <sighs> it's kind of funny. I actually um, was just looking at my computer. Oh, well, make sure I don't step on that. Uh, I was just looking at my computer uh, at some of the jokes that I have. I use Evernote. And uh, I noticed the search term, because uh, I was looking for something, was dick. Uh, okay. Then I opened my phone, uh, which is on a completely separate system. And I looked at the search term. It was also dick. I don't know why I am obsessed with Dick jokes for some reason? We do not want to see that, man. Why'd you open the door? And you drop the soap. Something Victor likes to do quite often is drop the soap. Yeah. All right. I was subtly uh, referring to you being gay. Just very gay. It's all right. There's nothing wrong with that unless you're... <laughs> unless you're Victor. Then it's very wrong. <laughs> I'm actually, uh, I'm not gay. Uh, I have dabbled, though. I've dabbled. Uh, the thing is, I'm not attracted to men. That's not it. Uh, I'm just very bad with peer pressure. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, uh, hey, man, uh, you want a blowjob? No, I'm not. I'm not gay. Are you sure? All right, well, fuck it. <laughs> you know, I had a couple of whiskeys. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Still not gay though. I don't know. It's like you do it and you're like, eh, this wasn't enjoyable at all for me. You know, why did, why does this keep happening? <laughs> Just a couple times. It's like on a, on a, like a decade long span of like memory. No, no, no. God, no received, you know, that's much more like, you're like, uh, you can rationalize that more, you know, you're like, oh, you know, it's low. It's, just the mouth, right? I mean, just close your eyes and imagine whoever the fuck you want. That's what I do anyway, usually, right? <laughs> Spoken like a man with true experience. Good for you. Good for you. Anyway, uh, confession hour is what we're doing. I actually uh, dated a stripper when I was in my 20s. You know, a lot of people are excited to hear that. When I talk to guys, they're like, oh, yeah, I fucking dated a stripper. It's so hot, man. I'm like, no, shit sucked. It was horrible. 
<laughs> it's horrible. Your your life is like one long glitter bomb. That is like all your clothes are fucked like forever. Your house, your sheets, your bed, just fucking burn it all. I had to. That was like I still find glitter in things. That was 10 years ago. It's fucking insane. And then uh, the other thing is sometimes <clears throat> you have the opportunity for like a threesome with two really hot strippers and then like you can't get your dick hard because too much cocaine. I know you're probably thinking like, oh, fucking wah, wah. You couldn't have a threesome because you did a mountain of blow. Well, fuck you, you know? But seriously, it sucks. It's much better. It's much worse, I should say, than like not knowing you didn't have the opportunity to have a threesome, right? Because you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I fucked up. You know, that happened to me twice. You know, it's kind of like almost winning the lottery, but then, you know, you like lose your erection, you know? Yeah. Misdirection there. <laughs> Let's talk about serial killers, huh? Anybody a fan? Anybody like, uh, like look at, like listen to last podcast on the left or you know, any of that stuff? No, not my audience. That's fine. All right. So I don't know if you've noticed or not. If you have Netflix, you might have noticed that uh, there's a large degree of the American population uh, that's interested in serial killers for some reason. I don't know. I try not to analyze it too much because I don't want to know that much about myself. Anyway, uh, but I happen to be one of these people. It's kind of interesting to me. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think a lot is periodically you have these like serial killer couples, <laughs> which. Like, how the fuck does that happen, right? There's not, like, a J-date for that, you know? Like, <laughs> so, like, this is the conversation you just have. You, like, put hints out. You're like, hey, you know, you ever think about wearing skin like others, people's? No? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's have breakfast. You know, that shit's it's a little awkward. You can't do it. That, you know, can't do that. I like to think it happens a lot more organically, right? Like, uh, the guy... He's like preparing. He's gonna kill his girlfriend. He's like, now's the time. So he's like, he's got his, he's got his Reagan mask on. He's got like a big knife. He's like creeping through the house at night. It's quiet, and he comes around the corner, and she's wearing a Nixon mask. Holy shit! She's got piano wire. You're like, what the fuck? You were gonna kill me. I was gonna kill you. You were gonna eat me. Oh god, I didn't even think of that. Fuck. I love you so much. I guess what I'm saying is I miss being in a relationship. I do. So many things you can share, you know? <laughs> That's like a weird thing. Ah, fuck. Fucking people blow my mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so for a long time, uh, I thought my mom was really religious uh, because, like, she like, constantly scream out God's name at night. <laughs> we had thin walls. It was fucking disturbing uh and i figured out that's that's not what it was eventually because we never went to church so i was like I had, she talks about god a lot at night you know just like very loudly i think he heard you the first 10 times like you could shut that shit down i'm trying to sleep mom seriously it's an interesting lady i actually told her recently that uh uh, I got my 23andMe results. Uh, this is just, I'm just talking shit now. I got my 23andMe results. You know the joke. This is not the joke. I actually told her. <laughs> and I was worried because she has a tendency to be like, feel really guilty about everything. You know, it's like, fuck, man. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a weird relationship because, like, if, if I don't have a relationship that's working out, she's like, oh, I fucking ruined your life. Oh, my God, my relationships were so bad. Oh. I'm like, calm the fuck down. But then, like, if things are growing really well, she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you turned out so good. I ruined your life. Oh, my God. I'm like, dude, what is it? Did you fucking, are you making my life worse? Or am I just 
<laughs> succeeding and despite it, like you got to calm the fuck down anyway. So that's our relationship. I try not to talk to her on the phone too much because there's a lot of like guilt that she has. I just can't deal with that shit. I just want to fuck around. You know, I want to joke her. I told her, uh, for instance, she's been trying to buy me sheets and bedding. I told her, oh, no, I don't do that. And she's like, no, 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 let me do it. What, what kind of material are you like? Are you more cotton? You're like a, like a nylon silk. I'm like a uh, rubber for the piss play. And she, you know, she was cool with that. That's our relationship. No, nobody else. You can't say that to your mom. Well, shame on you. You got to get more open, man. Seriously. Anyway. So I told her that, uh, I told her that, uh, indeed the person who is my father was not who we thought it was. Uh, and like, she kind of knew this was like a conversation we'd had in the past. And I was like, fuck, she's going to like be like, Oh God, I ruined your life. I'm like, Oh, I can't. Here we go. And she was like, Oh, that's nice. Okay, cool. Good news. I was like, fucking what? Okay. Yeah. Great. So I got a little bit more diversity in my gene pool and she's cool with it. And that's when I mentioned the piss play comment. So it all worked out. It was a great conversation. A lot of fun had by all. We laughed about it because the guy who I thought my dad, complete psychopath. So Fuck those jeans. Not in here. All right. I'm good. I'm pure because it's important to be pure, boys. This is the wrong audience <laughs> conversation. Okay. Sorry. Wow. I was about to get real awkward. Uh, put my sheets away. <laughs> what time? How much time do I have? I have no idea. Is anybody timing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only 840. I've been going for like, uh, I think, six minutes. All right. It's not like we, we, I mean, this is fucking free form. We can just do whatever the fuck we want right here. All right. Anybody got any mushrooms? Let's eat some fucking, let's eat some hallucinogens and just see where this night takes us, huh? Smoke a shit ton of weed. We got some Molly. Let's fucking do it. Victor, you got shitty ideas. Shut up. Did you, did you watch Eight Mile and then like it's just been with you your entire life since then? You're like, ah, Eminem is my hero. <laughs> you gotta lose it in the moment. Is that your... <laughs> Play that shit on repeat. <laughs> I was wondering where you're jamming, over, jamming out to over there with your headphones in. All right. Eminem was good for like one album, and then shit went downhill. It was like, then he started getting introspective. No, man. I'm sorry I'm fucking up your hero right now. It's all right. All right. All right. I got just a couple more. Thank you very much. Uh, fuck you. All right. All right, I will fuck on that. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Uh, I can always tell, uh, like, my, my beverage choices growing up were always dictated by what was going on in my mom's life. Like, if things were going really well, she was dating somebody, Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper, all the shit I wanted, right? Uh, if she was single, Diet Coke, that's it, and Lean Cuisine. Fuck, Mom, I am hungry, all right? It's hard to sleep when you've had almost no calories. <laughs> Fuck that shit. If you had Diet Coke, that shit tastes horrible, yeah. When she was depressed, vodka tonic. I got to drink early. It was great, you know? I wasn't like eight. I was like 11, all right? So it's not that bad, all right? Fucking judging me with your eyes. Uh... You guys ever think about being famous? I mean, we're all comics here. You guys want to be famous, right? Yeah? No? Have you not thought about it? <laughs> Have you just been doing this and like, I don't know what happens next. That explains why you're here and not an a at an actual show. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, I'm a mean person. Have you just now realized this? I look nice, but the things I say that come out of my mouth, they're dickish. I'm a fucking dick. I will be the first to admit it, and I'm fine with it. I'm okay. I've embraced it at this point. It's good for me. It's healthy. I feel good, you know? I think most people feel good around me, right? You guys, you don't hate me, do you? No, I 
All right, a little bit. That's fair enough, yeah. We're complex people, right? You can love, you can hate at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. This is going off the rails. Anyway, what the fuck was I saying? Too famous. <laughs> so thinking about being famous, like I want to be famous, you know. I mean, I want to be recognized, right? But I don't want to be too famous, because when you're too famous, it's like living by yourself. You know, when you live by yourself, there's nobody there to tell you, like, put some fucking pants on, man, and stop eating pudding. It's fucking 6 p.m. You have not done shit all day. What are you fucking doing with your life? It's Tuesday. It's not your day off. You just called in. What the fuck? See, that's what it's like to live by yourself. But when you're famous, it's not that nobody's telling you that it's a bad idea. Somebody's telling you, that's a great idea. Fuck yeah, man. You should eat pudding all day long, motherfucker. You are amazing. You're a genius. Go ahead and send that tweet out, Kanye. You can do that shit. All right. Fuck yeah. See, I don't want to do that. You end up like Prince or Michael Jackson. I mean, without the touching of the boys and such. You know, anyway, I kind of... Bad example, you know, but maybe you do end up like Michael Jackson. Maybe he was normal, you know, but there are too many people who didn't stop him, you know, and he was like, first he liked, you know, uh, chicks with pixie haircuts and they're like, all right, Michael, you know, cool. And then they were like 18 year old chicks with pixie haircuts. Like, all right, Michael, that's a little, getting a little edgy there. And he's like 16 year old chicks with pixie haircuts and like, uh, Michael, you know, maybe we should talk about this at some point. And then it's like, oh, that's a 12 year old boy. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Uh, I want to keep my job though. So... Let's just get the parents out of here. <laughs> Too deep? Okay. <laughs> uh, I listened to the last podcast on the left. They uh, covered all of it. I don't have HBO, so at least not for another few days because Game of Thrones is coming out. Pretty fucking awesome. All right. I'll do one more. And uh, can you hand me that beautiful fucking binder over there, my friend? I'm sorry. I just don't know your last name. Shockey? Yeah, got it. Murad Shockey. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. Turns out I don't need you after all. Oh, you're up first? Who are you? <laughs> all right, I'm going to tell us one last story and then get the fuck out of here. I lost my virginity in a closet. Ta-da. Yeah. Uh, romantically, as you can imagine. Um, and uh, in that closet, the interesting thing was uh, my friends in the room outside that closet, because closets don't just exist in space, they are in rooms. My friends were in that room, could hear my head hitting the closet door repeatedly. That was my first time. Maybe I should back up. Uh, met this girl, knew her for a while, asked her out at a dance nine months before. She said no. Didn't work out. Fuck you. Anyway, but saw her again that summer. And I was like, hey, we've got some beers. What are you doing? Let's hang out. So we did, and then I'm finger banging on her on the her on the bed. And we're like, let's go to the closet and smoke some weed. And we did smoke the weed. We smoked some weed, uh, and then like, I didn't know what was gonna happen. Like I didn't plan for this. It's not like I was trying to have sex. Admittedly, I was 16. I had no fucking clue what I was doing. Anybody know what they're doing at 16? Anybody? Anybody here? No? Yeah, I didn't think so. That's why we're all here. All right. Anyway. So I'm just trying to get a blowjob. I'm like, first blowjob, let's fucking do this. And smoothly, I decided to put my hand on top of her head and push down. That is not a good move, by the way, as I learned. She was like, what are you doing? I was like, "Ah, uh, just massaging your head. It's very, I like your hair. It's very... It's, it's very pretty. And then um, we're naked because I guess that's what you do. And all of a sudden she gets on top of me and I'm having sex. It's fucking out of nowhere. Like it took me a few minutes before I realized what was actually going on. I was like, oh shit, I'm having sex. When that happens though, you know, you actually last a much longer time than you would expect because you're processing the fact that this is actually happening. Yeah, so you're not actually like in the moment. Uh, and we're like, as I'm like, oh fuck, we're doing this. All of a sudden, uh, 
by the way, this is in like an attic, the converted to a bedroom. Uh, my friend's mom opens up the door at the bottom of the stairs and like, Ryan, her mom's here. <laughs> because her mom dropped her off earlier. And evidently, we had completely forgot what time it was. And it was time to get picked up. Mid-sex, didn't finish. That shit sucks. First time, no nut. <laughs> Fuck me. She did. Anyway, so we scramble, get the clothes on. We're looking decent. You're like, you look good. I look good. All right, fantastic. Go downstairs, meet her mom for the first time. Never met this woman in my life. Gives me a bit of a weird look. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then they leave. I'm like, all right, that went well. Cool. First time, check that shit off the list. Went to the bathroom before I went back upstairs to hang out with my friend. And that's when I noticed the two biggest fucking hickeys I've ever seen in my life. How did they, I didn't even know they could develop that fast. Like it was just from like initiation to bruising, like 30, 45 minutes. I mean, my entire neck was covered. It looks like I got strangled by a fucking WWF wrestler. Like it was fucked up. Like no wonder her mom was like, what did you do to my daughter? You piece of shit. It was like one girl and three boys in a room <laughs> she knew it was definitely not three of us fuck so anyway that was my first time took another year before i finally did commit the act again and and i did get off it was fantastic boys fantastic let me tell you all right that was creepy way to end the set thank you very much let's welcome up thank you thank you thank you i well, i walked i walked to at my i don't he doesn't smoke so he's definitely leaving all right well Sorry. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I actually like him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I completely forgot his name again for us. Oh, yeah, you're going first again. Sorry. See, I just got, I was lost in the moment thinking about those hot nights. <laughs> anyway, all right, your first comic tonight. Uh, he actually produces this show. He's responsible for being here most Saturday nights, taking that quality time out of life with uh, a girlfriend who I suppose would probably want to see him more often. So you're a horrible boyfriend. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but he's a great comic. So let's, let's give him your round of applause, all two of you. Yeah, Capital Pill Crow! <laughs> I am a horrible boyfriend. Um, I, you know, and you know how you know? Because I actually, I tried that shit once too. The like push down on her head. <laughs> and she immediately, you could see from the look on her face, she was so mad immediately. I had to pretend people were shooting at us. <laughs> so that I could get away with it. No, I was the only one shooting that day. Which I didn't. Because I pushed down on her head. Um, not my current girlfriend, actually. I have a good relationship now. It's getting too good, actually. She's getting, she's like making plans and shit. She's making me a little nervous. The other day she asked me, uh, she said, Capital, would you still love me? Which already had me concerned. <laughs> would you still love me is not a good question. Not, because I'm going to love her no matter what. There's very few things, because this, this woman is amazing. She's an amazing person, absolutely. She's fantastic. But that's commitment right there. After my sex, I get cold really easy. I'm a bitch. I am a punk ass bitch and a yellow hoodie. Um, anyway, she she asked me. She said, "Capital, would you still love me if I lost a leg?" I had to ask. 
which leg? <laughs> um, to which she didn't reply well. Again, it was the same as when I pushed on top of her head. Her face just kind of changed. I immediately went into panic mode and started reacting. Um, and I just said, no, listen, I'm not, not like, okay. Clearly you want a serious answer. I fucked that joke up already. Um, I said, all right, honest truth, 100% honest, maybe, probably not. I don't think you can handle it. And again, no response. But the look on her face was, uh, there's an intro to this joke that I fucked up about blowjobs. Um, basically, I really like blowjobs and I really don't want to fuck up this relationship. Um, so I said, listen, <coughs> I love you. It's not, I don't need you for your leg. I don't love you for your leg. I love you for you, Caitlin. You have a beautiful personality. You're an amazing person. And I think if you lost your leg, you would get all depressed and shit. I think it would fuck up your outlook on life. Cause you're already, okay, I'm been, I see what I need to do with this joke. I've got it all worked out in my head. I'm gonna ignore whoever said it's next. And I'm gonna write it out. Um, yeah, it's been a long week. I've been dealing with a lot of shit. My friend, actually, he texted me the other day and he said, uh, he said, capital. I feel hopeless. I don't have any hope. I said, you're probably hoping for an answer. Which means you're not hopeless. You got a little bit of hope. Hoping for something. Not to diminish your like hopelessness, not trying to say, oh, you don't feel sad, but like give you some perspective, you know? Like you can't yell for help if you're drowning can only yell for help if you're about to drown. If your lungs are full of water and you're under the water and shit, they, you're screwed. Ain't no, ain't no helping you. So don't, don't hit me up saying that you're hopeless. That's all I'm saying. Hit me up like, hey, give me something to hope for. Actually, don't do that either because I can't, I can't help you with that. They say to like text your friends if you're depressed, like message your friends or family. Why would you do that? They're your friends or your family, and you're depressed. Clearly, they're not helping you. You should message a medical professional. <laughs> Pretty much, I think what doctors are hoping when you talk to your friends is that eventually you'll just both realize they neither of you have a solution, and your friends will tell you to go to a doctor. <laughs>